Okay, if you brought your paper Bible or your electronic Bible, uh, digital Bible, whatever you want to call it, I uh, use my iPad a lot. Um, it's faster for me to find verses, and um, there's different translations in there, and so I use that. But either one is fantastic. Uh, we'll be in uh, Deuteronomy um, chapter 6. Um, and uh, chapter 6 has 25 verses, but we're going to be concentrating on the first uh, nine verses. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for the opportunity we have to gather together. Lord, to come at our own free will and to worship you and to read your word and to learn more about you and how you want us to live our lives for you, Lord. Just ask and pray that you'll open all of our hearts and minds and uh, use me, Lord, to speak the words that you want me to speak. And uh, just pray that you'll bless the rest of this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, when Mike asked me uh, if I would mis uh, speak, he made the mistake of telling me I could talk about whatever I want. So here we go. Uh, after praying about it, uh, God put it on my heart that he wanted me to tie Deuteronomy 6 uh, into uh, with 1 Corinthians that we just got finished uh, doing. And over the past several weeks, Mike's been teaching through 1 Corinthians, and there's one word uh, that's repeated numerous times during that entire chapter, and that word, and it's exactly, it's 13 times, and uh, that word is love. Uh, in our day and age, love has many different meanings. Uh, for example, Mike mentioned one Sunday that his love for his wife, Kelly, is different than his love for a bacon cheeseburger. Now, whether it's the double bacon cheeseburger, we're not sure if that's... But, um, but there's, the, there's, two di there's, there's different, different definitions of love, and, and uh, he, was, he was explaining that one Sunday. Um, if you Google the word love, you'll get two definitions. One's a noun, one's a verb. Um, the first uh, love is as a noun, uh, which is described as an intense feeling of deep affection. The second uh, is love as a verb, which is uh, to feel a deep attachment for someone. Uh, first mention of love in 1 Corinthians is in chapter 4, and this is where Paul is talking to the church in Corinth. Uh, and he's speaking to them like a parent would speak to a child. Uh, and in verse 21, it says, What do you want? Shall I come to you with a rod or in love and of a spirit of gentleness? Now, we've all, I'm sure, probably uh, remember as a child uh, our parents loving us and disciplining us with a rod or whatever they used back then. I know I got the belt sometimes. I know I also had to go out back and I had to cut a switch off of the tree in back for mom to use, and, uh, which could go both ways. And, and I'd go out there and I'd try and pick the right one that wouldn't hurt too bad, but one that would get the job done. But if I didn't come back with the right one, I got it from mom and from dad when he got home from work. So, uh, <laughs> um, but that is um, Paul talking to them as a parent. And Paul has a deep attachment to the church in Corinth, just like we as parents uh, and the parents that you have have a deep attachment to your own kids. Um, in this sense, the word love uh, is used as a verb. The next love reference comes in chapter 13, 
which just as a side note, chapter 13 has the most love references in the whole uh, book of 1 Corinthians. Verses 4 through 8 give us our biblical definition of love. We had the Google definition, now we have our biblical definition of love. And I'm sure you guys have heard it before, uh, but I'm going to read it to you. And it's simply defined uh, as this. It says, love is patient, love is kind, and it is not jealous. Love does not brag, and it is not arrogant. Does not act unbecomingly, it does not seek its own, it's not provoked, does not take into account a wrong suffered, does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. Uh, one part of these uh, set of verses that I really like best is in the last line. It says, love bears all things, love endures all things, love never fails. The enemy in the world uh, has done its best to destroy that last part uh, of, those, of those four verses there. It's done its best to destroy those characteristics because those are very important and holding um, parts of that word love and those eight verses. Uh, verse 13 uh, of chapter 13 says, And now abide faith, hope, and love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. The greatest of these is love. This last part of verse 13 leads us to Deuteronomy, which is our um, text for the day. And I'd like to read straight through all nine verses. So if you're with me, we're Deuteronomy 6, uh, verses 1 through 9. It says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord, our, Lord your God has commanded to teach you, that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I commanded you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates." In these first nine verses, Moses is talking to the people of Israel. He just uh, finished uh, in the previous chapter, in chapter 5 of Deuteronomy, reminding them about the covenant that God made with them. Reminding them that God had just brought them out of the land of Egypt, uh, where they had been slaves to Pharaoh. And so he's just, he's just reminding them, hey, remember this time? Remember where we came from? Remember what was going on? Okay. Um, uh, this is also uh, the same time. Uh, God had called Moses to the top of Mount Sinai, and he gave him the Ten Commandments. Uh, Exodus 19 and 20, uh, earlier in, in the Old Testament, is the first reference, hey, the first reference uh, to the Ten Commandments. Uh, and then chapter 5 of Deuteronomy is the second reference uh, to the Ten Commandments. But Moses was reminding them in chapter 5 
because he was about to teach them what to do with these Ten Commandments. Uh, So verse 1, chapter 6 says, Now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgment which the Lord your God has commanded you to teach, that you may observe them in the land which you're uh, crossing over to possess. God called Moses to lead and teach the people of Israel. In the same way, God has called Mike to lead and teach the people, us, of A.V. AV Chapel. Moses' responsibility was to teach uh, the people of God, I'm sorry, is to teach the people of Israel God's commandments, which are the Ten Commandments, uh, but also his commandment, which is the greatest commandment, which we'll get to in um, a little bit later on. First, let's talk about the commandments, plural, the Ten Commandments. Uh, In that day, Moses taught his people about the commandments, which were the moral law of the time. Um, And then that second part in there of verse 1 where it says statutes, it says uh, the statutes referred to the ceremonial law, and then the third part about the judgments. The judgments referred to the law um, that the judges decided. It's important to note here, while verse 1 talks about multiple statutes and multiple judgments, uh, the word commandment uh, is a singular reference to one commandment. This is not the Ten Commandments, but one commandment that Moses is about to share with the people. Uh, verse 2 goes to say that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life. Let's look at that phrase, all the days of your life. Notice that this is an emphasis on a lifestyle of daily obedience. Not just a particular worship period. Uh, Some people uh, like Easter or Christmas, you know, they have their time where, oh, it's Easter time, I have to come to church. I have to be good. It's Easter time. People are talking about it. You know, uh, so now this is my uh, uh, worship worship time around Easter, around Christmas. You know, it's talking about Christ's birth. I have to, you know, we have to go to church and and stuff. It's it's not it's not referring to that. It's referring to a daily uh, obedience. All, and all the word all in there means all. All means all, not Monday through Friday, Tuesday through Saturday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. All means all, uh, which all is a tough word. Sometimes can be. Um, just like back in verse eight uh, of First Corinthians. Uh, where our definition of love states that it will bear all things, endure all things. Uh, We should keep God's commandments all or every day of our life, which is pretty simple, right? You just wake up and you follow God's commandments. Okay, verse 13 says, Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, meaning be mindful of what you are doing. Do things with a purpose. Hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, now Moses is getting ready to hit them with the uh, greatest commandment. Uh, He starts off in verse 4 by saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Uh, He's about to give them the commandment, But before he does, he just wants to remind them that the Lord our God is one God. God is is one God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. 
These are not three separate gods. Uh, it's important that he reiterates that to them uh, because of what the great commandment is and what it calls us to do. Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then it goes into the greatest commandment, which is, which is verse 5. And it says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. God gave, God gave one commandment here. But that one commandment, <coughs> excuse me, is made up of three components. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your soul. And love the Lord your God with all your strength. Again, this is Moses talking to the people of Israel. Uh, but Jesus said the same thing back in Matthew 22. Uh, and I'm just going to jump over there real quick and talk about this. And this is, uh, at this time, Jesus was being test tested by the uh, Sadducees. Uh, and they were hitting him with all kinds of questions, trying to trick him up. But he had just got finished silencing them. Um, and then the Pharisees heard about it, and they said, hey, we're going to give it a shot. Sadducees didn't get take care of. We're going to come over, and we're going to catch him. We're going we're gonna to try and trick him up. We're going to test him and see, you know, what we can do. And uh, they said to him, which is the great commandment in the law? They thought they'd catch him here. And Jesus replied, these, these are his words. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. God chose these words, heart, soul, and strength, for a reason. Um, when, I think of, when I think of the word heart in that phrase, um, I think of a sincere love. Not just one uh, of words uh, where you can just say, hey, I love you, or I love this, or I love, I love, I love, I love, love. Uh, but a sincere love um, not just words, but an inward truth. Uh, the second phrase in there, which is soul, we all have one soul, and God desires every single bit of it, all of it. Uh, he doesn't want half of it, <laughs> a third, part of it, um, not split. He doesn't want it shared with anything. He wants all of it. He wants all of our soul. Matthew six twenty four says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. The word, um, the, the final word in that phrase, strength, reminds me of uh, like a physical strength, weightlifting, being able to pick, hev pick, pick up heavy things or move heavy things. Um, but I think the strength that it's talking about in this phrase is not a muscular uh, strength, but a strength of endurance. Like if you're running a race, um, if you're going through a hard time in your life, you're having uh, struggles or trials. Sometimes they last for a short time, a couple of days, maybe even a couple hours. Sometimes they last for a long time, months, even into years. And I think that's the strength, the endurance uh, that God is talking about here. God doesn't just want us to love him for a day or for a week. Uh, he wants our sincere, which is our heart, our undivided which is our soul, and our strength, our strong, enduring love. He wants that from all of us, all the time. And with anything new, it takes a while to learn it. So what's the best way to go about uh, learning how to love God with all of our heart, soul, and strength? Uh, well, let's see if we can find out here. Um, verse 6 and 9, I think, is going to tell us. 
And I'm going to read all, all uh, four of those verses right, right, right together here. It says, verses, uh, verses 6 through 9, it says, And these words which I command to you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, I don't think it gets a whole lot clearer than that. <laughs> God saying, hey, in order for you to love me with all your heart, soul, and strength, you got to do it all the time with everything that you're doing, every part of your life, which encompasses a lot of things, your job, family time, hobbies, um, interaction with other people, all of that is all part of your life, and that needs to encompass your love for Christ. And you need to merge them uh, together all the time. He wants that from us, and that's a tough, tough task, but that's what he wants from us because that's what he gives to us all the time. Um, these words I think really embody a process of how we can love God he wants us to do this all the time and he wants us to teach it to our children and not just teach them um, but talk to them about it when do we talk about it when you wake up, when you're just sitting in the house, when you leave your house and you go other places, talk about it. You're driving around. Interaction happens with different things. You know, bring up references to, to the scripture about how to communicate with people, how to love people, how to pray for people. You know, you see something going on. One thing that we do as a family, uh, when we see, uh, it, when we're driving down the road, if we see um, an ambulance go by or we see an accident, you know, man, we turn off the radio or if we're driving to St. Louis, we got a movie going on the, in the van on the DVD player, we turn it off and we pray right then, you know. We don't know what's going on. We have no idea. But we know that we can pray for those people right now and God knows what's going on and he can take care of that situation. Uh, but that's just one example of how to show your kids how to teach them love. Um... Okay, so when you're going places, before you go to bed at night, you know, there's all kinds of opportunities. It's that important that we do it with every part of our everyday life. This is something I struggle with. <laughs> it's not easy. It's, it's hard to, to do that. And it's hard because the world has so many things that can take our time away from us, that can... Um, and, and they're fun, uh, they're neat, they're interesting. I'm a documentary freak. If there's one on somewhere, I just, I'm like, it's like drugs. I'm just like, cool, documentary. I just really like learning about things, and that can, that can just totally suck me in. But there's so many things that go on uh, this world, electronic devices uh, that, can, that can take our time uh, away from and our focus away from how we should be, how God wants us to be, kind of molding our day and our life. Um, 
Now, I love sports. Our family loves sports. We do a lot of sports things, a lot. Uh, just yesterday, Lily had a basketball game. Stephen had two basketball games, and that's awesome. That's great. We love sports. It's it's a it's a part of it's a big part of our life, um, and that's not a bad thing to have a hobby that takes up a lot of your time. That's not a bad thing. Um, work things like it's not a bad thing, but. We have to make sure that that doesn't become our priority and distract us and be our focus um, rather than our relationship and how we love God and how we teach our kids how to love God and how to make that all mesh together because it will work and it can work. God, er, earlier I was talking about soul, and God wants our entire soul. He wants all of us. He doesn't want just a part of it. He wants all of it. But in order to become, like I was talking about, in order to become good at something, you need to practice. And I'm a baseball guy. <laughs> Love baseball. And so I, I think of it um, in this way. If I'm a pitcher and I want to learn a new pitch, okay, I cannot just say, hey, I want to learn a new pitch. Tomorrow I'm throwing a whatever it is, my new pitch. We'll just say curveball. I'm throwing a curveball. Tomorrow I'm going to throw a curveball, and I'm going to be great at it. I'm going to do it tomorrow. Um, think about it. Maybe I throw it a couple times that day, and then tomorrow, hey, I'm a perfect curveball thrower. Doesn't happen like that. Doesn't. It won't. It can't. It takes practice. It takes focus. It takes time. It takes a determination and a mindset to have that be something that you want to get better at. I am constantly learning how to teach my children. Um, God's Word helps me out a lot, and I really uh, try to do, practice what I've read and what I've learned. Sometimes I'm good at it, sometimes I'm not so good at it. Um, but God wants us to try. He wants us to practice. He wants all of us all the time trying. In, um, in practicing, in doing something new, whether it's a new pitch, whether it's learn how to, to uh, love God, whether it's learning how to teach your family how to love God. It takes a committed, enduring strength to be successful. And that's what God wants from us. He wants us to be obedient to his commandment by faithfully practicing to love him all the time. And there's that word all again. And we'll, there's a couple more alls in here later on. And, he and if, if we love him with all of our heart, with all of our soul and our strength, if that is our main focus, if we love him with all of our heart, soul, and strength, then we will want to keep his Ten Commandments. And I'm not going to go into the Ten Commandments. If you want to read them, they're in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. It goes in there. But what our focus is today is to focus on that phrase, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Best way for me, I know, to learn something is to try and teach somebody. Um, because of how I am, I want to try and teach whatever it is the best I can. Right now, I'm coaching middle school baseball. 
okay? And there's two goofballs back there in the corner that I get to work with every day. And, um, but I want to teach them the best I can about baseball. And so I'm constantly uh, looking things up, watching things, learning things, reading things, watching other successful people so that I can give them everything I want to give them so that they can be as successful as possible. God wants me to do that with my family also. He wants me to read his word, to soak it up, to gain as much as I can, to talk it with other people that know how to teach their family. Um, he wants me to do that so that I can impart that to my family all the time. Something I'm working on. <laughs> but best way to, le to learn how to do something is to be a teacher of it. And um, you might not have that part down, Pat. I know I don't, uh, but I'm going to keep working at it every day. I'm going to try harder every day to love God with all my heart, with all my soul, and with all my strength. Because I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt, if I'm concentrating on that one commandment, that one commandment, if that is my focus and I'm concentrating on that, I know everything else will fall into place. Remember that uh, Google definition we had a little earlier about love and having a deep, deep attachment? We need to have a deep attachment with our Lord and Savior. How can we have a deep attachment? Love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. There's a verse uh, back in 1 Corinthians that sums up what God is calling all of us to do. It's in verse uh, 14 of chapter 16. And it's very simply put, it says, let all that you do be done with love. Let all that you do be done with love. And you can say this verse a couple different ways. You can say, let all that you do be done with love. You can say, let all that you do be done with love. And then you can say, let all that you do be done with love. And our, that word love is important. And if you go back to um, 1 Corinthians 13, uh, verses 4 through 8, there is a definition, a fantastic definition there of the word love. And we read it a little bit earlier. There's a whole bunch of components. Um, I say a whole bunch. I don't want to say it that. There's a list a group of words that describes what love is. Love is not just, I love this. Uh, it talks about um, being patient, being kind, um, bearing all things, believing all things, not holding wrong against somebody. Um, all those things go with love. And if, while we're loving the Lord, our God, with all of our heart, soul, and strength, if we focus on that definition too and try and impart all of those aspects of love, into our daily life of communicating with people. Whether we are having a great conversation with somebody or we are really upset with them, they have hurt us, they've made us mad or whatever. God wants us to use that definition of love when we interact with people. Now, it's really hard when you're mad at somebody or if somebody's done something to you wrong and you are upset. It is hard to be patient. It is hard to be kind. <laughs> it's hard to endure and believe that it's going to be good. But... If you will take that definition and, and apply it to your interaction with people, 
and know that that's what God wants. He wants us to do it that way. He wants us to love people that way. He wants us to communicate with people that way. No matter what's going on, good, bad, and different. That's how he wants us to, to communicate because that's how he communicates and that's how he loves us. Whether we're doing the right thing, doing the wrong thing, whatever it is, that's how he loves us. That's how he treats us. And that's how he wants us. And if you will try to do that, and, and it can seem overwhelming to say, okay, I'm going to do all of that whole entire four verses right there. I'm going to do all that all the time. You know, I would encourage you, start with the first one. Love is patient. You know what? Try that. Love is patient. I'm going to be patient. No matter what's going on, I'm going to be patient. Then later on, add the next one. Love is kind. Add it in there one at a time. Okay? Um, after a while, you'll have the whole verse. <laughs> That's my goal. Um, but like I said, I'm working on it. Now, I've got a... Um, a funny story here that I'm going to interject. It has truth and relevance, uh, but it's a little bit of a, a funny story, a little rabbit trail, so bear with me. Uh, I had a sixth grade Sunday school teacher who was also, uh, on Wednesday nights, we had an uh, Awana. Uh, if, you don't, if you don't know what Awana is, uh, it's um, an opportunity for kids to get together. They do some uh, sporting activity kind of things, and then at the end, or uh, then the second part is they split up into age groups and they have a book that they go through. They're memorizing scripture. And then at the very end, they'll have kind of a, a little short message. So it's, it's just an, an opportunity. We, we did ours on Wednesday night. Um, I think First Baptist does theirs on Sunday night. But he, w he was our Awana leader. His name was Walter Booker, Mr. Booker. Uh, he told us to call him Mr. B. Um, and I know there's another Mr. B in town here, but he's the original Mr. B. Um, he was a, an older gentleman. He was a, a rugged old guy with a mild case of polio and a stub for a middle finger. Uh, <laughs> because of his polio, he had to wear metal braces, which uh, he used to tell us he was part robot. So, you know, and now understand we're probably eight, eight to ten years old, you know, so we're, really, you're part robot? Okay, you know, so, uh, uh, and you probably think I'm making this up, but this is this stuff is too good. I am not. This is this is 100% true. So so stay with me here. Um, for a living, Mr. B drove a tractor trailer truck, and he uh, full of uh, bricks. He uh, they would make these uh, fire bricks, and he would drive his 18 wheel over there. They'd load them up, and he'd deliver them uh, wherever they're supposed to uh, go. Uh, but he used to drive tractor trailer f trucks full of brand new vehicles until he drove his 15 foot tall truck underneath a 14 foot tall overpass and turned all the cars on the top row into convertibles then he stopped driving <laughs> brand new cars that he's that's where he got to driving his bricks which has absolutely nothing to do but I wanted to tell you about that him he's um but on Wednesday evenings he would always do two things uh at the very end when he was wrapping things up uh, he would say two things. The first thing he would say is, I just happened to read the paper. And now, people don't read the paper too much anymore because it's paper. It's not electronic. It's not digital. It doesn't flash. And sh you know. uh, but back then, when I was 8 or 10, uh, we didn't have, you know, that stuff didn't exist. And there was the paper. People actually read it. And he read it all the time. 
but he would say, I just happened to read the paper, which he said it every Wednesday, and so we would all kind of chuckle and laugh. Ha, 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 just, you just happened to read the paper. We know that you read it all the time. You know, we're, thinking, we're t- telling each other that, uh, but he would say, I just happened to read the paper. And then he would, rep- he, he would proceed to tell us uh, about an article that he had read in the paper. And then he would use that article that was a real-life thing that was going on, whatever it was, um, and he would somehow, magically, relate that back to uh, God's love for us. You know, and, and so we, every time he say, just happened to read the paper, I mean, all of us, our ears would perk up. We're like, okay, how are you going to do that? You know, because uh, it could be anything. And he always found a way to relate that back to uh, God's love for us. Um, but the other thing that he would say um, as he was talking, or, or another thing he would do as he was talking, he would be pointing at us. You know, and he would, you know, he, and he would always look for somebody who maybe wasn't paying attention, and he'd call their, call their name, you know, hey, 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 Mike, are you listening? Hey, you know, and he would point at us, you know, so we'd always be listening because we didn't want to get pointed at, you know, um, but he would always point at us when he was talking, but then he would say, I know I'm pointing at you, but when I'm pointing at you, I have three fingers pointing back at me. So he was talking to us about the article, relating it to God's love, telling us how to love God, telling us how to do whatever it is he was doing, and he was pointing at us. I thought he was pointing at us to get our attention, but he was pointing at us to make a point that I'm not up just here barking at you. I'm not up here just telling you stuff. I'm talking to you, but I'm talking to me also. And he did that every single Wednesday at the end. And so you, we could almost, you know, repeat, you know, what he's going to say, right, when he was going to say it. Um, actually, he would say, because um, I, I think I forgot to mention this earlier, he had cut off the tip of his middle finger, so he had a little, little stub there. So instead of saying, I have three fingers, he'd say, I have two fingers and a stub pointing back at me. So we, we, would, we would, yeah, that was, a, that was a joke, too. We would laugh at that also. Um, but just know, when, when I'm reading... Um, Deuteronomy 6, 5, that says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and your strength. Um, just know that when I'm reading that, I'm not necessarily pointing, but I'm also reading it to myself. Um, God wants us to have a deep attachment. A deep attachment with him. He so desires for us to to have a deep attachment with him. His love for us is unconditional, and it doesn't waver. It's 24-7. It's all the time. Dana tells both of our kids before they go to bed every night without fail. She tells them, I love you no matter what you do or what you don't do. There is nothing you can do to make me love you any less and there's nothing you can do to make you make me love you any more jesus is the same way with us he loves us no matter what we do or what we don't do he loves us he calls us to love him with all of our heart and soul and strength and he wants that he wants that for us so bad all the time. 
And if we do that, if we're able to love him with all of our heart and soul and strength all the time, if we're able to do that, he loves us. But you know what? Even if we're not able to do that all the time, he still loves us. Just like if you're a parent, just like you love your kids all the time. God loves us all the time. Let's pray.